This is the Clink Law Podcast, providing clarity to the many gray areas surrounding estate planning so you feel empowered to take action. Now here's your host, Peter Clink. Hello. Here we are again talking a little bit about death and taxes. <laughs> uh, today, let's talk a little bit about power of attorney and living wills, what you need to know. Um, these are important because of the three documents somebody really does need as part of their estate plan. These are two of the three. First is the will, but uh, the second, take care of you while you're alive. Uh, they provide you a way of, of having somebody help you easily without having to go to court, without having to hire an attorney, right? And having uh, people fight about who's the one to take care of you. Now, two different circumstances. They sound similar, but they're not. One is the power of attorney, and one is the living will. So a power of attorney, in general terms, is a document where you're giving the power to act for you. You're giving somebody the power of attorney, right? To be your attorney, to act for you. That could be to sell your house, could be to manage your money, it could be to file your taxes, and it can be very broad. It can be a general power of attorney where you grant somebody very general rights to do pretty much anything you could do financially. Or it could be a special power of attorney where you give somebody a narrow power, like being able to sell your car to Bob on Tuesday for $10. It can be very specific. Now, for most people, you're dealing with a general durable power of attorney, meaning that you're giving somebody the power to act for you if you ever unable to act, if you get Alzheimer's, if you're in a car accident. Uh, and you can see this is a very important thing because if you own something together with somebody else, like a house, like with your spouse, and you became incapacitated, well, you haven't lost your ownership rights. The person still owns part of the house or you still own part of the house, so they can't sell it, let's say, without going to court. It's very expensive. It takes time. Whereas with the durable general power of attorney, you've given somebody to act to take care of that issue when it comes up. Now, the living will is a document that uh, you give to somebody else that includes a lot of different little pieces, but in general, you're giving a statement as to your wishes for your medical care when you're not able to make those decisions any longer to yourself. Now, the living will part is where you are saying things. You're saying, doctor, you don't know me. Here are my thoughts about surgery, about medical care in general, or who could visit you maybe even all the way down to, well, pulling the plug. It can also be a type of power of attorney where there's a medical power of attorney involved, and that's very typical, which again is sort of a special power of attorney where you're saying, this is the person who has the power to make medical decisions for me. Everything from how many pillows are going to be fluffed on your bed uh, in the hospital to who gets to visit you to whether you get surgery to whether it's time to agree with the doctor to end care. So there's some overlap you can see between the documents, but in general, Think of the power of attorney when it's usually mentioned, meaning who's in charge of monetary things, whereas the living will is who's in charge of medical care or what we should do for you if you ever become sick and aren't able to speak for yourself. Now, a couple things, common things about these documents. Medical power of attorney, you got to pick somebody who can do this job, 
not everybody's good in the hospital. Somebody might be very much your friend, but they might faint in the hospital. Not a good candidate for your living will. You need somebody who can step up and take care of business. Uh, and it also needs to be somebody who can act in an emergency because in all likelihood, that's what this is going to be. It'll be an emergency at some time. So you need to share this document with them. They should have it as a, a PDF on their phone or their computer, no matter where they are on earth, so they can text the nurse's station and help take care of you. At our firm, we provide our clients with PDF copies on their portals, so you can easily download it, share it, and it's also a really good time that it prompts them to ask questions that they might put off, like, what kind of care do you want, and what would you want to have done in certain circumstances? Now, the financial power of attorney, a little different. Nobody in general needs your financial power of attorney in an emergency. Uh, if they're paying your credit card bills, can it be done today or tomorrow? Well, yes. So a lot of people will have us take the financial power of attorney, store it, but they won't share a, a PDF because a PDF is as good as the original. So they want the agent to come to us and prove to us that they're incompetent, and then we give them the copy, and they can take care of them. Even spouses. A lot of people just feel uncomfortable having their spouse have the power easily, sitting on their phone, perhaps, to go to the bank and empty their 401k or to sell the house. So your call, of course, you know, every, everybody feels a little differently about that, but if you feel better having people ask for it, there's nothing unusual about that. It's a very powerful document uh, that uh, you should be careful about. So, again, uh, what information is in that living will? A lot of people ask this. Uh, of all the documents, this is the one where I see the deer in the headlights sort of look when the time comes to sign it. Uh, well, it, it should, of course, communicate to a doctor out there that these are your wishes about medical care. The whole document, though, is based on you having had a great conversation with your medical power of attorney so that that person, that agent, that surrogate, sometimes it's called, is able to know what you want. Because think of them as kind of like your avatar. They're supposed to sit there in the room with the doctor and listen and speak for you, right? They're not supposed to say, this is what I think is right. They're supposed to say, here's what you would do. So they need to know that data. What does the doctor need to know? Well, uh, you typically, the document will reflect a uh, series of choices as to end-of-life decisions. So if the doctor and your surrogate agree, the time has come. Right? This is not a, just an emergency room run or if you have COVID or something. This is when everybody agrees the time has come. Well, what do you want and what don't you want? And I find that most people say, well, look, if, if the person I've chose to reflect my my wishes and the doctor agree I'm done. I, I don't want anything anymore. Let me go. But other people on the other extreme say, yeah, I don't really trust any of you folks. I, I want everything until, you know, the body it totally goes. And a lot of people are in the middle. You know, they might want some things, perhaps for a, a religious reason, or things that just make them feel comfortable, but but other things it's okay to let go. Like take me off the respirator. You know, if I die, I die. If I'm not on the respirator, but feed and water me. Right now, who should you pick for these jobs? Again, they're different personalities. Uh, the medical power of attorney is somebody who can work well in the hospital, function well in the hospital, and is going to reflect your wishes. The person who's the financial power of attorney has got to be somebody you can trust to manage your money when you're not able to any longer, maybe for the rest of your life. So you have to trust them and they have to be up to that job. Now, they don't have to do everything. They can hire a realtor to sell your house. They can hire an accountant to do your taxes. But they need to be responsible enough to get these things done because you can't anymore. 
So these are, you know, important documents that really everybody should have. And if you're listening to this and you have a, a child who's now 18 or, you know, early 20s, um, who might think they're going to live forever nothing bad ever happens to them, uh, they really still need these documents. If they became incapacitated in an accident, even for a short amount of time, if you don't have these documents, well, you know, they're not under 18 any longer. It's really legally not much of your business. The default might be eventually that you as parent would have a say, uh, but it might take some time. Whereas if they want you to be able to speak for them in an emergency, they should do their chores. They got to get these documents done and share them with you. So you have the PDF. So if you're on vacation in California and they have a car accident in Chicago, well, you can text or email the copies of the PDF to the nurse's station and find out what's going on. If you don't have them, well, you know, you're just somebody on the phone, so you might not be able to find out what's going on. Um, I jokingly say it's true, but but it's true. When I was 18, I had to sign up for the draft. But when uh, kids nowadays turn 18, well, (laughs) they need to do a medical power of attorney and a financial power of attorney. So anyway, folks, remember, every jurisdiction has their own documents. They all have power of attorneys. They all have living wills. But they have their own special way that they like to see them. Now, They transfer from state to state. You know, if you do one in one state, it's going to be good in the other. But you should always talk to somebody local about their local rules and and nuances. And make sure you check up on them every once in a while because they do change over time. Uh, The laws that cover them do change and sometimes drastically. So you should always make sure your document is up to date. Uh, So I hope this has been uh, useful to you. And I hope you you like the examples and the things I said. If you have questions, if uh, you happen to be in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, want (laughs) to give me a call. It's up a time to talk about documents for yourself. Otherwise, go talk to your professional. Get it done and make sure your kids get it done. All right, guys. uh, Just another conversation about death and taxes. Peter Clank, trust and state's attorney. And I look forward to uh, talking to you more. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Clink Law Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and share.